upturned ski slope with a smattering of freckles. And she looks older too, maybe early thirties, but she's as beautiful as Lucy. Hello, she smiles, and I realise I'm standing right next to her and that I'm staring, but she doesn't look perturbed. She must be used to people gawping at her. If anything, she looks relieved that someone has bothered to stop. Hi, I manage, as she hands me the leaflet, limp from the rain. I accept it, and my eyes scan it quickly. I take in the bright print, the words Bare Flat Artists and Open Studio, and raise my eyes at her questioningly. I'm an artist, she explains. By the two red spots that appear at the apples of her cheeks, I can tell she's new to this, that she's not qualified yet to be calling herself an artist, and that she's probably a mature student. She tells me she has a studio in her house, and she's opening it up to the public as part of the Bear Flat Artists' Weekend. I make and sell jewellery, but there will be others showing their paintings or photographs. If you're interested in coming along, then you're most welcome. Now that I'm closer to her, I can see she's wearing two different types of coloured earrings in her ears, and I wonder if she's done it on purpose, or if she absent-mindedly put them on this morning without noticing that they don't match. I admire that about her. Lucy would have too. Lucy was the type of person who didn't care if her lipstick was a different shade from her top, or her bag matched her shoes. If she saw something she liked, she wore it, regardless. She notices me assessing her earlobes. I made them myself, she says, fingering the left one, the yellow one, delicate and daisy-shaped, self-consciously. I'm Beatrice, by the way. I'm Abby, Abby Cavendish. I wait for a reaction. It's almost imperceptible, but I'm sure I see a flash of recognition in her eyes at the mention of my name, which I know isn't down to reading my byline. Then I tell myself I'm being paranoid. It's still something I'm working on with my psychologist, Janice. Even if Beatrice had read the newspaper reports, or watched any of the news coverage about Lucy at the time, she wouldn't necessarily remember. It was nearly eighteen months ago. Another story, another girl. I should know. I used to write about such things on a daily basis. Now I'm on the other side. I am the news. Beatrice smiles, and I try to push thoughts of my sister from my mind as I turn the leaflet over, pretending to consider such an event, while the rain hammers onto Beatrice's umbrella and onto the back of my coat with a rhythmic thud, thud. Sorry it's so soggy. Not a good idea to be dishing out flyers in the rain, is it? She doesn't wait for me to answer. You don't have to buy anything. You can come along and browse. Bring some friends. Her voice is silky, as sunny as her smile. She has a hint of an accent that I can't quite place. Somewhere up north, maybe Scottish. I've never been very good at placing accents. I'm fairly new to Bath, so I don't know many people. The words pop out of my mouth before I've even considered saying them. Well, now you know me, she says kindly. Come along. I can introduce you to some new people. They're an interesting bunch.
she leans closer to me in a conspiratorial whisper. And, if nothing else, it's a great way to have a nose at other people's houses. She laughs. Her laugh is high and tinkly. It's exactly like Lucy's, and I'm sold. As I meander back through the cobbled side streets, I can't stop my lips curling up at the memory of her smile, her warmth. I already know I'll be stopping by her house tomorrow. It doesn't take me long to reach my one-bedroom flat. It's in a handsome Georgian building, in a cramped side road off the circus that's lined with cars, parked bumper to bumper. I let myself into the shabby hallway, with its grey threadbare carpet and salmon-pink wood-chip walls, pausing to peel a brown envelope from the sole of one of my Converse trainers. I look down to see several...